0: You're listening to The Noble and Roosh Show, brought to you by Ball is Life and Dash Radio.
1: Welcome, welcome to another episode of The Noble and Roosh Show, hosted by Ball is Life. I'm your host, Roosh Williams, with my co-host, Zach Noble. Zach, All-Star Weekend just ended. How you feeling? Talk to me. Three-point dunk skills. You got me in a couple of those
2: was <laughs> yeah it wasn't great, it took a little money off rouge that that always feels good, but uh honestly, I mean my expectations weren't that high um first round of the dunk contest was okay I was okay with it if it was any dunk contest, and then the rest played out and it was just trash one of the worst in years um ever, three point contest ever. W- ever yeah, can you think of a worse one
1: no, i can't
2: and you walk i mean I really thing? can't.
1: I really can't. That was bad. The whole thing, the two on two, Jeremy with,
2: Evans winning that was pretty bad.
1: Uh, the um, <laughs> the two on two with uh, Quavo and and Jack Harlow and Two Chains and Lil Baby was terrible. Uh, like it was kind of fun in theory. I was watching and kind of just enjoying a little bit, but like Two Chains was so out of shape. I guess he's in his forties. I should cut him some slack. And Lil Baby just <laughs> is not is not good at basketball. Quavo is actually pretty good. Um, so that was just like, whatever. I thought a lot of it was just kind of forced, just very forced. Um, you know, dunk contest was a super three contestants. What super weak. I thought the skills challenge contestants were all weak. I just thought it was weak, man. There was nothing compelling about it for me.
2: Yeah. It's like a lot of these guys were forced to be there and then picking, uh, three point contestants that were only all stars and, Um, I want guys that want to be there that want to fight to earn that right to be in the dunk contest versus just selecting rookies that, Hey, you're chose. You're up You're We went down our little short list of players and uh, you're just uh, the next one up. So you want this opportunity, you know, like I want guys to be able to have to earn that right in year three or four. And I'm not talking the best of the best. I know we're not going to get that ever, but we can do better than what we had um, what's your thoughts on one day everything knocking it all
1: out? Week, week. I just <laughs> don't like, the like Saturday it, night. I mean, the, the you know, the nostalgia. Historic, yeah. I mean, dude, for for a year, for my whole life, it's been you know Saturday night three point dunk, Sunday night All Star, and Friday night is for like the lesser events or whatever. Not even lesser, just like the celebrity games or whatever. You know, and that helps spread it out. It helps battle some of like the fatigue when you're watching it. Just like this is not entertaining. <laughs> And then it's just gotten to a point, in my opinion, where there used to be a lot of prestige surrounding the events, and that's no longer the case, right? Kind of like the reverse of the Olympics, right? The Olympic teams used to be like college guys, and then it started to become a prestigious thing that guys wanted to to participate in. And this has kind of turned into the opposite, right? Three-point contest, dunk contest, at least as far as I can remember. I mean, you used to have Jordan and Dominique Wilkins and, you know, just Vince Carter, like guys that could premier names participate and it's now gotten to the point where that's not the case and the all-star game itself and like look man i I am totally a proponent of not getting hurt in a meaningless game so i don't blame the players for dogging it in the all-star game but it's just kind of jumped the shark where it's like what we're watching dame and steph pull up from half court like that's cool but i mean i just don't think it was that entertaining to be honest So.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, it had potential, the all-star game, the players still came out and just played fine. I'm not worried about how they played. It's just, they're missing team Durant was missing KD himself and Joel Embiid. I think the game would have been completely different if those guys played. So, um, I, I didn't have very high expectations and, um, some players played good. There were some decent plays and got to see Steph and Dame hit a bunch of half-court shots and Steph taking an alley-oops. So that was almost good enough for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it used to have a feel of like a Globetrotter or like a, a Rucker Park game. You know, guys just showing off their skills, having fun. And that's what I like. Um, Last year it, was phenomenal. But it, it felt, this time, it felt like oh, it was less... Fun. Yeah, it just felt less like a Globetrotter, Rucker Park type game and more like a one-on-one, like who who can hit the most threes first type game, you know?
2: No, fair. I completely felt the same way. and um, The guys didn't want to be there. Most of them didn't want to be there. Um, It was just basically a Marshawn Lynch um, meme all over again. What's that? (laughs) I'm I'm just here so I don't get fined. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I just felt like that the entire time. So any player... Here's that um, throughout the game that surprised you that played better than you thought they would on that stage looked like they belonged.
1: I'm actually surprised that, that uh, James Harden made seven threes. He usually kind of just doesn't really, he doesn't really stand out in the all-star games, Um, but he had, he had a good game. I mean, Dame was going ballistic, you know, Dame and Steph just dropping those long threes. I think, I always think that's cool. I know earlier I said, it's not entertaining and it's not after a while. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they just showed out, you know, so shout out to them,
2: um, Zach Levine and Jalen Brown. I thought they had some flashes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So later in this episode, we're going to be talking to the gentleman who owns the most expensive NBA top shot moment to date as of March 9th, um, as of the morning of March 9th, if you're on the West coast and 12 30 PM, if you're on central time. Uh, But for now, Zach and I are going to run down our own power rankings from the top 10. And we're going to go from 10 to 1. So, Zach, let's just dive right into it, man. Number 10 in the league, power rankings as of right now, who you got. And explain your personal criteria for anyone that might want to disagree.
2: Yeah, you got it. So people do power rankings different all the time. Um, I normally post mine on Twitter every couple weeks. My last one was February 23rd. So I'll kind of give you a point of reference from where I had these teams last as well. But my power rankings are always based on who has the best title shot um, as well as who's playing the best right now. So there's a little of both I'm factoring in there. Uh, But if you don't have a great shot at winning the title, and you're playing great now, um, it's going to kind of offset each other. And you'll, it will make sense when it's all said and done. Um, what about your criteria, Roosh? that's a little different?
1: Um, I'm going to go more of the same. I'm, I'm going to do my best to do my own subjective blend of people that are hot, people that have a chance to really do well in the playoffs, um, and who's just been playing well overall. Like, for example, I will factor in Anthony Davis being hurt. Yep. You know? So, number Absolutely. 10, who you got?
2: All right. So they were number 15 on my last rankings. They're clocking in at number 10 right now. And that's the Boston Celtics.
1: Mm. Okay. Why?
2: They're six and four in their last 10. They've won four straight. People were really worried about them about two weeks ago. And um, yeah, I almost had them out of my playoff picture in my power rankings and um, they're fourth in the East right now. I just think they're too talented. I mean, Jalen Brown, proved that he's a star and he's here to stay in that all-star game, whether you think it's just a guy that made some shots or not, I mean it looked natural. It didn't look forced. It looked like a guy that really fit in with these dudes. And um I think that's gonna carry over. Stuff like that carries over in my estimation. Um it's just like having a great bubble or having um a great playoff series and I I believe in that most most often oftentimes. And I think Kemba Walker is going to get a little healthier. I, I just think they can only go up. I really do. From where they were, they were playing so poorly as a team. Um, I think they're an all-around team, and Danny is always active. He just doesn't ever make moves. So maybe this year will be a little different too. Because I know they know they need a boost. It's just how far are they willing to go.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. It's going to be tough um, to not leave out a good team such as the Boston Celtics. My number 10 is the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Um, the Dallas Mavericks got off to a really rocky start. I think they were nine and 14 at one point. Um, I called them fraudulent, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, they are, they are eight and two in their last 10. Chris Stapp's Porzingis is back. Uh, they've won three in a row and they just have that feeling to me, man. Like they're, they're about to get hot. They've been getting, they are hot and I think they're going to continue to be hot. Um, and anytime you have a player as good as Luca, you've always got a chance to be a threat in the playoffs. I'm not saying the Mavs are going to go all the way, but don't be surprised if they get hot and maybe pass up these teams like Portland and Denver, um, and put themselves in position to win a playoff series.
2: No, I can accept that. Um, I have them 13 currently, and I had them 16 uh, in my last ranking. Uh, I just don't see that the team cohesiveness as it was last year. Um, a lot of A lot of cloud uh, revolving around Chris Stapp's Porzingis right now, and I think there's a chance he's traded, and um, there's a lot of rumors swirling there. Um, It seems like their front office is in disarray around um, Chris Stapp's camp a little bit, Uh, but again, I mean, that's all of just reports I'm reading and shit I'm hearing, and so it could be completely wrong, and they could be just completely fine, and they keep surging here Um, because they've been playing decently the last couple weeks what are they like they're eight and two okay they're eight and two in their last 10 they've won three straight like they're looking like the dallas everybody expected them to be at the beginning of the year don't you think
1: yeah i mean it's it's really giving me vibes of uh the the 2018 2019 rockets that came out the gate stumbling but they just rode the greatness of harden righted the ship got hot and um you know got to a semifinal. So I feel like that's kind of yeah, it's all about
2: when you're peaking, that's for sure. So With this man number team. 9, I got the Denver Nuggets um moving up one spot from my last rankings.
1: Yeah, I also have the Nuggets at 9. We agree. Why? Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, you're good. Yeah, I just said I just said I also have the Nuggets at 9. Oh, um, there we go. Yeah, I was asking you why. What's your reasoning?
2: Um honestly, I just it's nitpicking from here on up okay I, I for me it's mainly the teams above them i think all have probably a slightly better shot besides maybe two or three teams i'm going to mention um at winning the title denver's all about um mainly where they uh can win a title i just don't believe they are as good as a team as last year of course i mean the records and standings say otherwise they're only 6 and 4 in their last 10 but they've won four straight So they're starting to heat up as well. A lot of people aren't talking about Jamal Murray. Okay, Jamal Murray has had a phenomenal year and a career year. Uh, People are like, he should have been the all-star. He was in the bubble, but the West is loaded. This league is loaded. Jamal Murray is an all-star player in my estimation. He's shooting damn near 42% from three right now, 22. He's averaging a lot of career highs in about five to six different categories, rebounds, assists. Um, I just think it's the rest of the team. I mean, losing Jeremy Grant's taken a little longer for this team to come together. And Michael Porter Jr. Um, has been a bit slower.
1: Uh, got anything to add on Denver? Yeah, just, you know, uh, the reason that I don't have them higher, given how awesome Jokic has been playing and how great Jamal Murray can be, is what you said. They lost Jeremy Grant. I just don't think they fixed what they lost I think defensively, they're average, I think they're 14th in the league right now. So they've got that hot, off- hot offense type team, um, but not the defense to supplement it. And I, I think Jokic is great, but I think he's only so good and without extra help. Sorry, not to limit how great Jokic is, but just in terms of what that team needs to beat the other teams they're going to be facing, I don't think they're going to get it defensively.
2: So, Last thing on Denver, what seed do they need to finish for Jokic to win the MVP? Because I have him second in the race right now. To win the MVP, I think they got to be top, top three. Okay, they're number five right now, and I agree. If they finish three, he wins this thing. Like If, if he was number one right now or in that top three, it would be all his because his stat line, 27-11, 8.6, almost nine assists a game. Uh, the efficiency, this is an all-time year he's having, so I would love to see Yoker pull this thing out. Um, we, sick, for sure. Who's your number eight?
1: Number eight. Um, so I this is this might be a bit of a cop out, but um, I am going to give it a tie because there's too many too many good Can't teams. Do it. I'm doing Can't it. Can't do it. Um, I'm going Portland. Gun to your head. Don't put a gun to my head, please. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm going Portland tied with the Boston Celtics. Ooh, weird pick. Why the Boston Celtics? Because I had I was really high on Boston early before the season started, as you know. Um, yep. Kemba's been hurt. And I think once Kemba really, once they get some time, I think this break is going to do them a lot of good. And coming off the all-star performances, um, just just being there for Jalen Brown, I think as great as as he's been playing, I think he's going to sustain and continue. Um, So I'm just high on Boston, man. I think defensively, they've always been sound. And like I said, once Kemba comes back, I think they've got a lot of potential. They've won, what is it, four in a row? Six and four in their last 10, like you said. And then Portland, man, look, CJ McCollum went down. Damon, Damian Lillard is having one of his best seasons in terms of making an MVP argument. Like This is the type of stuff that gets you MVP consideration. You lose your second best player, you keep your team top five, which I think they are right now, or are they sixth? Let's see. They are fifth. So you keep your team in top five when you lose your second best player and you elevate everyone around you. Um, I don't ultimately think that the Blazers can win at all. Uh, I'm not even sure if they can make the Western conference finals to be honest, but yeah, I do think that they're the way they've been playing um, deserves at least, you know, top 10 consideration. What about you? Number eight. All right. So one quick
2: footnote, Kemba Walker his last 10 games that, and he's played the last 10 games. um, He's only off 16 field goal attempts. He's averaging 22 points, five assists, four rebounds, a steal, Half a block and his splits are 43, 42, and 93 from the line. Kemba Walker
1: is coming back strong, people. Yeah, he is, man. I'm saying like Boston's a good team. They got top in top end talent at the top. And if Kemba can come back and beat Kemba, they're they're not gonna go down easy. So absolutely.
2: So uh Portland, I actually have them at number eleven. Uh definitely can accept where you have them there. I think. Dame is that good right now. He's playing like a top five player. He's got a chance to win MVP as well. If he was able to find a way to get in the top three, his stat line is right there as well. Um, I would love to see a guy that I think is only going to have one or two seasons like this um, with him and Jokic. Um, Embiid, it's all about his health. I think he's going to be this good for a while as long as he's healthy. Uh, But with that said, my number. Eight is the Miami Heat, and they've Mm. moved up five spots for me recently.
1: Mm. I don't have Miami in my top ten. A lot of people might disagree with that. I just I think they're going to get hot. I think they're going to climb the rankings, but I don't think they're going to get any higher than number four. Um, Four in the East, east, right? And so at that point, I don't know. I I just I'm not a believer in Miami right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think they're a good team, but the east i just don't think anyone in the east has a really legitimate chance outside the top three with an outside chance for boston at this point
2: no that's um, fair uh miami's seven three in their last 10 jimmy butler is almost averaging a triple double right now uh it's incredible the last 15 games or so he's been playing it's, it's night and day that with jimmy butler in that lineup obviously and Uh, Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero are starting to play much better as Jimmy Butler has been back as he opens up spacing and just the playmaking and creation he does for this team, but also gets them to lock in more on defense. Um, So they've climbed up and uh, they they were hovering around like 7-10 defense of Lee. And now I think they're working their way back into the top five with Jimmy Butler back.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're just, I'm just docking them. I have to dock them for for being poor maybe i'm being inconsistent but it's just there's too many teams um to go through but i mean they're they got a losing record in their conference they're one of the only two teams in the playoff race right now in the east that has a negative point differential not to make too much of a stat like that portland also has a negative point differential by less than half a point miami's is by a point and a half a little bit more so i don't know they got to do a little bit more work to convince me. I, they definitely can. They're definitely good enough. Um, I just, at this point in time, I have trouble seeing them overtaking the current top four, at least definitely the current top three in the East and overall the current top four in the East.
2: Yeah, I think um, one thing that benefits Miami and Denver, their slow pace they play off is almost like the playoff pace of the game of basketball. And I just think it translates way better into the postseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could be right. I might be hating on Miami. Um, they've just been underwhelming for most of the season. And I understand Absolutely. the COVID that's stuff no and, and all that. that. Yeah. And, and I understand all the COVID stuff, and it's all valid. COVID-19! But that's just, uh, as, as we stand, that's my look on it. Um, number seven.
2: All right, number seven's going to shock a lot of people. It makes it look like they didn't deserve three All-Stars, but... The Utah Jazz, they were number four in my last rankings. They've moved all the way down to number seven for me. And, I mean, they're just – the last week has been really bad for them. And other teams are getting much better. I I think the Jazz will be fine in the long run. They're still number one seed in the West, but they're six and four in their last ten, and they've lost two straight. I think the Jazz are going to start evening out. I will be surprised, to be honest. I mean, if they – keep out like an all-time pace like this, um, record wise. I don't think they get anywhere close to, um, 63, 64 win pace, um, that they were at, um, uh, if you translate it to 82 games, obviously. Uh, but the jazz, I mean, they're legit. They're going to be good. They're like a legit second round team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out LeBron taking shots in the all-star draft. Um, They're fun. They're gritty. They're not going to be an easy out by any means, but I think seven is very fair and reasonable for what they are.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you for that. Um, I have the Clippers at seven because they are four and six in their last 10. They've lost three in a row. So I just have to dock them for that. I think their ceiling is higher. Their ceiling is higher than seven, but given, given how stacked the West is. um, And again, given their recent play, I think seven is fair. Also, they have a lot to prove in the playoffs. Um, and it, early on, it looked like they had really addressed all their issues. Um, and now they're starting to stumble a little bit. So that's why I put them at seven. I, I could see Utah there, but I give Utah just a slight, slight bit more credit for what they've actually accomplished up to this point. What is the set- worst
2: What is the worst type player um, that would boost the Jazz into being an actual legit contender? The worst type of player? Yeah, worst type of player. I'm not asking for a name necessarily, but a type of player you think that would get these guys over that hump. Or is it just all-star talent?
1: Yeah, I mean, they have everything. They're just missing. Not that they're missing. It just remains to be seen if Donovan Mitchell is that guy. I think um, he is. I think he's good enough, but he's not. You know, when, I, I don't when,
2: think the rest of the team
1: is. Well, when, he's going, when you're going up against the LeBron James of the world, Kawhi Leonard's of the world, You know, these types of teams, I just feel like Donovan Mitchell is not, you know, he's not that, that good to, to those types of players, but they are a solid second round team. They could even mess around and make the conference finals based on the seating if they get good seating. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They're, they're just a very well-rounded team, but they're missing that extra boost. So I don't know what they could add, you know, another perimeter defender, another shooter. You know, I think they've got every, every piece you need, except for that elite, elite top talent that always seems to win out and make the finals. But with that said, that's why I have them at number six. Um, Mm. I have the jazz at six. So they're 27 and nine. They have been stumbling as of late. They're six and four in their last 10. They've lost two in a row. Um, They do have the best point differential in the NBA. Again, not to make too much of a stupid stat like point differential, but (laughs) you you do have to give them credit. Uh, They've been thumping teams up until the last week or so. Um, And so for that reason, I got them at six and I also have them at six for, for the reasons I just stated, you know, I think there's ultimately a lower ceiling for them in the playoffs when they face some of these other teams. What about you? My number six is a team that
2: I think they have a higher ceiling. Therefore they're number six, but also they're playing way better right now. This team has won four straight and eight and two in their last 10. That's the Phoenix Suns, who I think are just scratching the surface of their ceiling. Um, yes, their regular season record is a little bit of a surprise, and that's just how uh, because of DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker's play. Like I expect them to be even much better than what they are. It's just they haven't needed to be, and that's the thing. Like why Devin Booker was a borderline All Star, why Ayton's not getting talked about very much for improvement. It's because Chris Paul just adds a just an automatic winning. Um, giving you a head start, and this team is so good and so well-rounded all around. Um, Like Frank Kaminsky comes in and is a valuable player immediately just because Chris Paul puts you in the right place and turns you into a winning player. Um, It's it's that easy. It it Literally, some players are just like that. Um, Chris Paul, James Harden, there are two of them. Uh, No shade intended, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it is the way that life works in the NBA. If you literally put those guys with any sort of group of player whatsoever, um, send them to New York. I mean, <laughs> they're going to they're make you better. I mean, I would die to have them turn Minnesota into a 40-45 win team.
1: So that's your number six. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And I'll use that to go into my number five. I got to ask you
2: num- real quick, though. Higher ceiling, the Jazz or the Suns?
1: Suns. There we go. Same Phoenix. Phoenix. So I have Phoenix. Assuming everyone is healthy. If everyone is healthy, I think the Lakers ultimately come out of the West. And I said at one point um, it, it'll be the Lakers for sure. But I think the Clippers and the Suns can make things interesting. And a lot of people will kind of give me flack for that. But like you said, Chris Paul is that good. They have a lot of those young, talented pieces. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Bridges is playing some good basketball. But then you get Chris Paul in there and he immediately boosts the floor and and the floor that you can boost. Well, he immediately boosts the floor and then he also boosts the ceiling of guys like Devin Booker who can be extraordinarily good. I think Devin Booker, if he he gets his chance, can be better than Donovan Mitchell at the playoff level. Um, Bubble performance aside, I think the bubble performance was somewhat of an anomaly. But I'll use that to go into number five, man. Uh, Phoenix, for most of the Mm. reasons you stated. Um, I have Phoenix at number five. Uh, like you said, they're eight and two in their last 10, they've won four in a row. They have the second best point differential in the NBA again, not to make too much of a stat, but you got to give them credit for what they've done. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, Chris Paul is always a threat. I mean, we saw that against with the thunder rockets. We saw how freaking good he could be in the playoffs and what he can get out of players like Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gilgis, Alexander both of whom respectfully are not as good, in my opinion, as Devin Booker. Um, And so I'm expecting Devin Booker to really get a boon and a boost from Chris Paul being there, as with everyone else. And then you got veterans like Jay Crowder as well. So I just think they have a nice mix. Dario Saric is playing some good basketball. I think they have a nice mix of guys that could really really make it tough for some teams in the playoffs. Devin Um,
2: Booker or Donovan Mitchell?
1: Booker. I'll take
2: Booker. All right. Me too. Uh, My number five is the last team I have in my tier two um, in the NBA right now. And some people are going to call me crazy for these guys being a tier two team, but that is the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's Mm. just because their ceiling in the playoff is very, very capped in my estimation. So um, that will never change until the playoffs come either no matter what their regular season record is. They can win every game in the book. They're probably not ever getting past number five in my power rankings, uh, but they've been playing pretty damn good as of late, six and four in their last 10. Um, they're they they're rolling at home this year. They're 14-5 and five at home. On the road is a different story, eight and nine on the road. So they got to figure stuff out when they're um, trying to keep home court advantage because – I think home court's advantage is going to actually mean more than I thought at the beginning of the year, because I think fans um, will start populating the the arena sooner than later here.
1: Yeah, I think home court advantage will matter. Um, And like in the bubble, everything was the same, so it didn't matter. But even that little just that little help of shooting in your own arena um, and just being home, you know, like in the bubble, they were all at the resort. Right. Mm -hmm. But. You know, if you're playing a playoff game in Milwaukee, like they're at their house. And I think that is going to make a difference, at least to some degree.
2: Last um, thing about Milwaukee is this is the worst defense they've had in Mike Budenholzer's tenure. So that's a big deal uh, for a team that went out and got more defense than Drew Holiday and a Bobby Portis types. And
1: well, to, that, to that effect, I have the Bucks at four. OK, um, because. And I'm, I'm high on them, not necessarily super duper high, but I am high on them because drew holiday, I think missed what eight games, something like that. Look that up for me. I think he missed eight yeah, games. They, right they had here. a five, they had a five game skid. They lost five in a row when drew holiday had the COVID protocol stuff hit yep, and they're still, yep. they're, they're still ten just there's still just, okay. So he's missed 10 total games out of 36. So almost, you know, almost a quarter of the season, more than a quarter of the season, almost a full third of the season. Um, they're that still matters. Just two,
2: He's balling this year too.
1: And it does, especially for their perimeter defense and to address one big thing they need, which is additional playmaking in, in, the, you know, in the crunch, in the playoffs. And they're just two games out of the first seed in the East. So despite all that, they're still in the hunt. They're still in the mix. And I do like some of their bench additions that they made for the playoffs. So, so that's, for me, Milwaukee's number four. Um, what about you, number four?
2: Uh, Drew Holiday highest three-point percentage he's had in seven years, so that's saying something. Uh, my number four is my the end of my tier one right now, and really, these guys, I mean, they were number one for the longest time up until the last few weeks here, and that's the Lakers. Um, they're down from number three in my last rankings, but Lakers are sliding right now. I mean, AD's been out for a while, and – LeBron, I don't think, is pushing too hard because he knows they had a big enough head start. And um it's it's acceptable right now. So get it out of the way now before AD comes back and you need to give it your all. Uh but they're three and seven in their last ten. They've lost two straight. Um their differential is dwindling their roosh. And uh yeah, it's just this team, I just think they're coasting right now. I, I'm not I'm not worried whatsoever. Uh but, I mean, if home court's going to matter, they, they could fall out of home court real quick before AD gets back in two, three weeks.
1: So I, <clears throat> I have the Lakers um, at number three. You picked them at four? Yep. So I have them at number three, um, and I'll piggyback off what you said. The reason that I have the Lakers so high and the Clippers so low, relatively, despite the fact that they're both skidding, like you said, the Lakers lost two in a row three and seven in their last 10. The reason for that is A, Anthony Davis has been out, which is quite enormous. Uh, B, similar to the Bucks, despite all of this, they're still in third place. And C, like you said, man, they're coasting. They're just chilling. They don't have anything left to prove, unlike the Clippers. Uh, Benning against LeBron James is just not a good idea ever. It's hard for me to put a LeBron James-led team out of the top three. Uh, because I know at the end of the day, like we said, we're factoring in playoff hopes as well. And they're coasting, man. Even if they don't get home court advantage, they might end up, you know, playing the, playing the Clippers and technically still having home court advantage. So, um, so, yeah, it's just hard for me to put the Lakers outside of number three. I, I put them at three because of all the reasons we listed. And they are coasting and they are skidding. But despite all that, when LeBron decides to turn it on, they will turn it on. Who do you have at number three? At number 3
2: I have the Clippers and that's basically because AD is out. Um at the end of the, I at the other day I still think the Lakers have a way better shot at winning it. Um Clippers I just need to see Paul George finishing second round series strongly. That that's going to be they're kind of they're a lot like the Bucks in my estimation even though Kawhi is the peak of those teams and the, up, the upper echelon tier there. And that's, what's going to always any quiet teams, always going to be in my tier one. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, Clippers. They're I just I, I don't know about the Clippers. I think they need, they need to go get Kyle Lowry. They need to go get a point guard that can score. I, I really think they need a scoring guard um, and not named Lou Williams.
1: Yeah, I I agree. If they could get if if they're able to flip the right pieces for Kyle Lowry, then watch out because that would be an incredible fit. Uh, What about John Wall? John Wall? Mm. (laughs) I mean, I love. I mean, look, I like John Wall. He's great defensively. He's a good player. I just think that that team specifically is going to need that point guard to be able to to pull a three. And I mean, Kyle Lowry. You know, we've seen him be clutch in the playoffs. We've seen him fearlessly pull up and drill big shots. Like he's done it. You know, not that John Wall can't do it. Yeah. John Wall would just have a little, he would have some question marks as opposed to Kyle Lowry in terms of how he fits. Um, so that's your number three, the Clippers. So my top two, I didn't even notice this until now. Uh, I guess my biases are just poking through. I can't get rid of them, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I'm rewarding, you know, I'm re, I mean, I'm rewarding the top two seeds in the East for how they've been playing. My number two is the Philadelphia 76ers. They have the front runner for MVP at this moment in time. Joel Embiid is playing the best basketball of his career. Yep. Speaking of home court advantage, they're 16 and three at home. Um, you know, it, it's really hard to knock what they've been doing. And yeah, I mean, I, I think the East is going to come down to Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Um, again, I put the Lakers at three because they've just been skidding with injuries. Otherwise, I'd have the Lakers either one or two. But Philadelphia takes that two spot for now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're legit. I think they could make the finals. I think they will make the conference finals if they're healthy, unless Milwaukee has something to say about that. What about you? We finished the exact same way.
2: I mean, Philly's up four spots since my last rankings. Uh, a big part of it's Seth Curry and Tobias Harris. They, they're exactly who they've always needed those guys to be in the players around Simmons and Embiid. And therefore, I think... They're being underrated right now, and that's just because top-end talent in Brooklyn um, is getting overshadowed. But the depth of this Philly team is insane, and those two make that four-headed monster. I mean, they really do. I I think they're that important to this team, and they can take uh, the Sixers as as far as they can be to stay healthy, really. And they have... What they need to win. Um, I truly believe it. At the end of the day, if they don't win, it comes down to Embiid and Simmons not being good enough or not being healthy enough. Um, it's not because, I mean, Brooklyn's top talent, it would be Brooklyn's depth. And then, because uh, Philly's got a complete team. They do. I mean, they play great together, their defense is phenomenal. It is what it is. I mean, Brooklyn's my number one because I think they have a slightly better title hopes. But I do want to say Brooklyn right now, James Harden is working his way into the MVP case. I can't say it enough. His last 11 games, he's averaging 27, 11 assists, nine rebounds while shooting 51, 45 from three, and 82 from the line, which that's weird. This is like the lowest free throw percentage he's had in a long time.
1: Oh, he's not going there as often, so that's true. He, he has less attempts to perfect that percentage, <laughs> and he's probably just in, in less of a rhythm compared to like the last decade of his career almost. Um, and I'm with you, Brooklyn is number one. Uh, the reason I have Brooklyn number one is their top end talent is the best in the league. Their big three, I think, is the best in the league, only rivaled by LeBron and a d when they're both healthy, but just by just by sheer numbers, they got an extra guy so. I say their top end talent is best in the league. They're nine and one in their last 10. And I don't even think KD's has KD played. In? How many of those games has KD played in? I don't know, but not many of them. And they're still nine yeah, and one, like, like um, five, 10 with Harden. Yeah. Right. And so they're, I mean, they're coasting and they just added Blake Griffin. Who knows how that's going to play out? Who knows how he's going to fit, but you know, worst case scenario, you just don't play him best case scenario. He contributes and he's, you know, you got a former superstar who's a contributing role player. So they check all the boxes. I mean, I, I've been saying it since the trade. It's, a, it's going to be a Brooklyn Nets, Los Angeles Lakers finals, barring people getting hurt. Um, and okay, I mean, say Philly and Brooklyn are both at their peaks.
2: What needs to happen in order for Philly to win?
1: What needs to happen is they need Tobias Harris to continue being the Tobias Harris he's been this season. And if you listen, man, if you go back and listen to the episode Zach and I did previewing, I think the Eastern Conference, the the Eastern Conference with David Thorpe, I I told you, man, Seth Curry was going to be huge because Philadelphia needed that shooting. They needed that like elite sniper type shooting and they got it with Seth Curry. He's been, he's paid enormous dividends. Shout out to Daryl Morey for doing that. And also Danny Green, man, look, defense can still win. Defense does still win uh, championships and playoff series. And so Philadelphia is just better coached overall. no disrespect to uh, God, what's his name? Brent Brown. Um, Danny Green comes in and gives you veteran defense, gives you been there, done that cliche stereotype type of shit. But at the end of the day, you need it, right? He hits he's, he's the quintessential three and d player. he's been there, he's done that. Uh, he's won what three different titles with three different teams, I think. Um, you know, and now he brings that over to Philly, right and then. One of the things that they've always lacked, at least in the, in the Embiid Simmons era is that tertiary scoring. Um, and you've got shake Milton, who's been playing pretty well. You've got maxi who can do a couple things for you. So they just got more options. You know, they just got a little more firepower, more options, a better Embiid, a significantly better Embiid as if that was possible, (laughs) Uh, a more, a more durable and reliable Embiid. And they've still got a good defense. So
2: Philly could win it. Um, Couple final questions: If Kyle Lowry gets shipped to Philly, would you have him ahead of Brooklyn? I'd have them neck and neck. Ooh, I love it. Now, Blake Griffin, what if you were to guess, gun to your head, what percentage of his peak do you think he will be? Because I think he was storing a little bit from Detroit, but he was god awful. Um, he's literally a seventh, eighth man type guy uh, to start the year in Detroit. But I think if Brooklyn gets literally 75% of peak Blake Griffin, that's a big old W.
0: Man, oh man, did those guys break down some NBA power rankings or what? How about that disappointing all-star break, huh? That's right. All sorts of hoops talk going on here. Let's shift gears a little bit as Noble and Rouge talk about the hottest commodity in the game today. That's right. NBA Top Shot with Jesse Schwartz. Coming up next, this podcast and episode are brought to you by Ball is Life Dash Radio.
1: Today's special guest on the Noble and Rouge show hosted by Ball is Life is my man yo jesse on twitter uh i'm sorry yo doe on twitter y-o-d-o-u-g-h yo doe your money going to my man jesse uh jesse is currently the owner of the most expensive nba top shot moment to date correct me if i'm wrong on that jesse but um jesse talk to us a little bit about yourself man where you from how you feeling what's good
0: i'm feeling good happy to be here good to meet you guys um, I'm originally from Canada, from Montreal. I live in LA now and you're right. Let's set the record for the most expensive NBA top shot moment so far. So where's
2: your passion for basketball stem and, or did you just find an investment opportunity here?
0: I see the shoe. So there's gotta be a little passion there. Yeah. So, I mean, sneakers, I think, was my first passion. I've been a collector, uh, guy who's, on, when I was 12, 13, I was on eBay buying, selling stuff, collecting Pokemon cards, collecting sneakers. So it's kind of always been ingrained in me. And I actually started watching basketball because of the sneakers. I was probably 14, 15, and I wanted to see what shoes they were wearing because I was more into the sneakers than the actual sport. And I think it was around the All Star game. And that's kind of, when I started watching basketball and that's when LeBron was coming into the league and I became a huge LeBron James fan. And just from there, just been a huge NBA fan. Um, and then, yeah, discovered Top Shot a few months, a few months ago. And it just spoke to me because of the collecting aspect, the trading aspect, obviously the NBA association. So,
1: so you, you came in to actually being a fan of the game itself in the mid, like early mid two thousands when LeBron hit the
0: scene. Is that Right. Yeah, probably so right from, around, I think, when LeBron came to the league, so 2003, 2004.
1: So you're from Montreal. I think most Americans would just assume that anyone in Canada is a Toronto Raptors fan. Obviously, Toronto is, like, <laughs> on the other side from Montreal. So yeah. are you not a Raptors fan, and thus LeBron? Like, every time the Raptors were playing LeBron, you were cheering for LeBron. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just okay. you know it's funny, people always say if you switch teams, you're a bandwagoner, but I, I think yeah. it's the, kind of the opposite. I'm like, I'm a LeBron James fan. I want to watch this guy play the longest in the season. This is the guy I want to root for. I don't have any association to a team or a logo, it's it's the guy behind in the jersey. So I've just been rooting for LeBron wherever he is. So what? Oh, no, no, go, go for for it. It. But I will say it was dope to see the Raptors win a championship because that's for Canada, that's the whole country coming together. So I was definitely rooting for the Raptors that year. And that was awesome.
2: No, I think that's crazy to me is LeBron fans. I mean, it's the start of like the player empowerment area, they say, but um, that's the era of where fans became fans of players versus teams is when LeBron entered the league. That's, that's what I think. I mean, I think that's how it played out now. I mean, it's just become way more normal and okay to just, follow where your favorite players go. I mean, that's kind of how I've seen this thing play
0: out. Yeah. So. I thought it was always funny when people liked random teams. Like if I'm from Montreal and I'm a huge Timberwolves fan, because one of my favorite college players played on the Timberwolves, like it didn't really, I didn't really get that ever. So I was like, I'd rather enjoy watching certain guys. You know, I think LeBron's the best, most talented athlete ever. And that's the guy I, I want to root for. So, so, so,
1: When it comes to Top Shot, because that's why I want to talk to you, Yep. what is the moment that you own?
0: What do you own? It's a LeBron James 1 of 49 from the Cosmic Series, which was the original series, which only the first, first members of Top Shot got in packs. Um, I don't know if you guys are on Top Shot now, so you're familiar with the pack drops and how that that works? Vaguely. I am, Roosh, isn't it? Okay, cool. So... Basically, it's like trading cards where they drop off packs and you open the pack and there's some random cards inside moments, as they call them. So, yeah, this Cosmic Pack was the first pack that they did to kind of thank the OG founding members of, of Top Shot. And this is before my time and I've been on since August. So this was, I think, June 2020. And so this is kind of the most coveted original moment. And there's only 49 of them. And it's LeBron James. So there's,
1: there's 49 of this LeBron moment, yeah. or there's 49 in this pack only.
0: There's 49 of each player from that cosmic series. So there's 49 LeBrons. There's, um, well, I think there's probably maybe 10 or 15 players in the cosmic series. Okay. And and what's he
1: doing? Like, what's the play? What's he doing? He's Against dunking.
0: dunking. Okay. <laughs> Over I, I don't know how to say it. I think it's Belitza There
1: you Emanja go. Anya yeah. Um, in, in a Lakers, Jersey?
0: Yes. It's fr- okay, so go. top shot came out less than a year ago, so the first plays are from the 2019- 2020 season season. Got you. Okay. Um, and what did you pay for it? 208 thousand dollars.: So what USD? made you think that was a good idea?) <laughs> Well, we'll all find out in a few years,
2: I guess. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> so with that um, said, what is your short and long-term strategy, I guess?
0: Yeah. So obviously the headline sounds crazy. Dude spends 208000 on a highlight. There's actually a lot of context to it. Like I said, I've been on Top Shot since August. So got in really early relative, bought some stuff, sold some stuff, um, seen the prices go wild, seen so many more users come in. So it kind of built up to that point where I understood the value of something that's $208,000 on this platform. And to me, it's worth seven figures right away. So it was a huge steal. So even even though it set the record, it was great value in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen people make like, you know, a couple hundred bucks on random, like a Malcolm Brogdon three or something like that, right? So I would imagine a LeBron James original pack dunk is very valuable so i i would guess it'll pay off personally i did not see the vision of top shot it was presented top shot actually came to me to be like a uh what do you call it an influencer a promoter i don't know someone who helps promote yeah. their their product and they were going to give you like you know access to like uh like you get a free moment or something like that yeah and I'm just not a commission sales type guy. And I just didn't see it. So I missed the boat on that. However, I think they've since paused all those all those programs because they don't need people to do that anymore with the success it's having. So I guess I'm not that uh, upset at missing the opportunity. But it seems like this has taken off primarily because the NBA has a hand in it, right? Like the NBA is in on it. They're promoting it. They are pumping the value. Um, when you purchase the moment that you got, was that the case? Like, was the NBA in on it? Because in August, man, it wasn't taken off like that yet. It was still like really in its infantile stages, at least to me.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the NBA, it's, a, it's officially licensed by the NBA and the NBA right. Players Association. So they have the rights to use the teams, the players, all that, obviously. The NBA really hasn't promoted it at all until this All-Star Weekend when they, I think they announced the rookie sophomore lineups through top shot officially. And I, I think that was the first official push from the NBA itself. Well, which is they,
1: they have players, the players are like, yo, I'm giving away a free moment yeah. or yo, do you know? So like when I say they're involved, I mean, to that, to that capacity, right? Like the players are in on it, tweeting about it. You got, I think Mark Cuban was tweeting about how he got his, you know? So like yep. the the figures involved,
0: I don't know if that's, if that's paid by them or if that's like, Strategic Because I know originally they had a couple players like Tyler Hero promoting it and he was, it was very like transactional. He was posting like hashtag ad, go look at NBA top shot. And that really didn't move the needle at all because he was doing that probably since November or something. And then it's really only recently when you have guys like Josh Hart, Terry Rozier, uh, Damian Lee. And it seems really organic. Like, I mean, I don't know how, what their arrangement is, but they're coming on just being like, let me open some packs. They're waiting in line for packs. And they're like, let me get these moments from you, you know, buy this from me, I'll get you a Jersey. And like that really exploded it. But it's interesting because they did do, do a marketing push early with Tyler hero. I think with maybe Javon McGee and like nothing really happened.
2: I'm surprised these dudes aren't being incredibly reckless with this and just driving this price, the prices up and trying to have the most expensive,
0: memory and all that shit <laughs> yeah we'll wait for the big the big dogs to come through the guys who are making 45 million a year we'll see what yeah, happens exactly so,
1: so are you trying to continue and purchase more packs or are you going to sit on this lebron thing and see what you can do with it
0: yeah I'm, I'm still that was just one that was just like one moment that i bought i i still i think i i bought two other cosmics that morning before buying that lebron Um, I bought some stuff since then definitely slowed down a bit, but yeah, I'm always, I I like the aspect of trading. I like buying stuff, selling stuff, going back in when I feel that it's a good time to kind of jump back in and buy some more stuff. And I like that aspect of it. It feels like, like day trading. How long do you think it's here to stay? What do you think the future of this thing is? I think the sky's the limit. I think even though it's exploded so much. First of all, I think NFTs are here to stay, but I think 99.9% of NFT projects are not. Um, Right now, there's just tons of collectible projects, tons of art projects. I just think it's impossible for them all to be worth tons of money in a year from now, let's say. But I think Top Shot is one of the ones that will stick around because they're doing a pretty good job and it's licensed by the NBA, which is one of the most powerful brands globally. So... Absolutely. What do you think of the collection series? Like, Is it worth it to complete these collections and challenges? The challenges? It's really tough to say. Um, Early on, I was doing the challenges. Obviously, it was way cheaper and ended up being a very positive ROI because everything went up so much. So it basically just forced me to collect extra moments that I never would have bought. And then I got the challenge reward and then everything you know went 10 X from the other ones that I bought. So yeah. it was great, but that's not a strategy that was just luck to get in the market early. <laughs> but at this point, the prices are so high for the moments to collect. And then it's sort of weighing like, I think the other day, the James Harden hollow challenge would cost about 120,000 just to collect the pieces to get that. <laughs> and then you kind of look at it like, okay, how much is the James Harden worth? Is it anywhere near a hundred grand? Probably not. Um, so you, you've got to weigh it. I mean, it, it just depends on the timing. I remember one of the ones right before this explosion of users was the Steph Curry Hollow, uh, Steph Curry Metallic Gold Challenge, and at the peak of that, all the pieces to collect cost sixteen thousand dollars. And when the Curry hit the market, it was only six thousand. And those sixteen thousand dollars of pieces, I think, we're down to about three or four like they they went way down so it really wasn't worth it for the people who spent 16 and then sold right away obviously if you waited it out that curry is now worth 30 grand or whatever and it's worth it but it's all about timing
1: let me ask you this if you could pick let's let's put prices aside just for fun mm-hmm. if you could pick one moment in nba history to own what would it be
0: huh. love that question i always Yeah, a lot of people. There's so many that come. I mean, I think there's
1: two. I think there are two that immediately jump, jump out. I mean, for me,
0: it's going to be something LeBron. So I think his block has got to be the block, right? it has got to be the LeBron block. That's what I would think. It needs to
1: be the the Jordan. It's either the Jordan game winner in 98 championship winner uh, when he crossed Brian Russell and dropped him, or it's the LeBron block.
0: It's one of those two, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm going with LeBron. So I think it's the block or just him winning either the first one in Miami or the one in Cleveland that was just special. So something like that. Okay. Zach?
2: Jesse, do you have any like specific um, buying and selling strategy, um, players you're looking at, serial numbers you look at, they can share with people?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are talking heavy strategy these days with Top Shot. And like I said, it's really more comes down to timing the market. I think everyone looks like a genius when you get in in September or whatever it is and everything 100 X's and it's easy to say why you made those decisions, but really everything goes up and then everything comes down. So I think people definitely overstate the strategy. For me, it's about buying, buying moments that I think will last. So players that I think are not just here having a good season, players that I think are, are generational, like LeBron. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. These guys, I think, are undervalued on the platform when you look relative to kind of a, a guy who's having a hot season. And then the moment itself, I think, will age well. So, Kevin Durant's first moment in a Nets uniform right now, I think it was $800 yesterday. I was buying those almost double that because I'm like, this is the dude's first moment on Top Shot, his first moment in a Nets uniform. Like, this is history. You know, this guy, This guy is, is one of the greatest of all time. And this is his first game in a Nets uniform. They could win a championship this year. They could win multiple championships. So I thought that's, that's a, that's a good one. Very
2: good. My last question for you, man, give me one player that you think, um, that isn't being talked about very much that you think is going to pop off and worth investing in young right now.
0: It's tough. I like I like I like the, I like of your the first moments of a few guys. So Blake Griffin's first moment just hit Top Shot. I like that. Join Blake Griffin's Nets.
1: first moment, meaning like him just as a Piston.
0: It's his it's his first moment on Top Shot. So he hadn't had any moments on Top Shot before. But I'm saying it's so, it's him in a Pistons jersey. Oh yeah, him in a Pistons. Yeah, you think that's about? You think Blake Griffin in a Blake Griffin's
1: first Top Shot moment, which would also likely be one of his last moments as a Piston. You think that's valuable?
0: I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know anything, I, so I'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me, I, if this lasts ten years, twenty years, there's going to be you know 500 different LeBron moments. Which one's the most valuable? It's the original one. So that's how I kind of look at it. Um, but yeah, I like I like Damian Lee. He came on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We, we were we were chatting it. I think he's got a lot of potential as a player and his moment. He's got, he's got one moment on top shot right now. I like that one. I I like guys like that who kind of haven't, haven't exploded as a player yet. No one's really talking about them, but they have one or two moments on top shot that you can get in relatively cheap.
1: Very cool, man. Well, Jesse, I appreciate you coming on to talk about this. Do you have anything
0: you want to plug to the people? Not really. I mean, you saw my front page shirt. That's my new clothing line. So I'm repping. Okay. Okay. There you go. (laughs) What's that clothing line going to be about? Front page, man. It's self-explanatory. It's cool tees or what? We're doing all kinds of stuff. Super colorful. Just kind of like what I like to wear myself and see if anyone else likes it. Cool.
2: Definitely check it out. Plug your stuff. (laughs) Appreciate you coming on and
0: be well, man. Yeah. Great hanging with you guys. Take care.